Welcome to the Ephesians 3 podcast. Here you can listen to the student talks given at Ephesians 3, a weekly fellowship where students at Newman Parish in Columbia, Missouri, speak on topics of faith and experience fellowship and life-giving community. Based on the passage of Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, the ministry seeks to lead students deeper in the Catholic faith through community, conversation, and prayer. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode. So I have two slides to this talk, and this is the first one. And I did use Times New Roman font, so I'm really glad that Ryan is not in here. Um, but like I said upstairs, my name is Erin, um, and I'm really bad at writing intros, so that's my intro. Um, so I, when I was told that I was giving this talk, um, I went and prayed, because the Gloria talk is basically just like something in your life, a story um, that like conveys a time that the Father has loved me. Um, and so I just went and said, like, what's my story? Um, and this is what I was given. And so here you go. <laughs> um, so I was born into a Catholic family, a cradle Catholic, as they say. Um, and every weekend we would go to mass. Like we were going to mass no matter what. The thing is, my parents would never tell my siblings and I when we were going to mass. So it was always like a surprise to us when we were going. Like, we didn't know whether we were going Saturday night or Sunday night or Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon. Um, yeah, and so I would be playing with my siblings or my neighbors or whoever, and then 30 minutes before we had to leave, one of my parents would come out and be like, hey, get dressed up, we're going to mass. And I hated it because I was in the middle of whatever I was doing, like a kickball game or something, I don't know. And like, I wanna finish the kickball game. I don't wanna to go to mass, are you kidding me? Um, and so I kind of like had this resentment of mass on the weekends because I saw it as just like an impediment to my day. Um, and then in grade school, I was homeschooled. Um, and so I was like exposed to these people, these families um, that followed a very rigid um, form of Catholicism with a lot of like rules with no joy, I guess is how I would describe it. Um, like they, the other kids weren't allowed to watch Wizards of Waverly Place or go to mass in English. They would go in Latin um, or they would fast from meat on every single Friday. Or like there was a girl who was genuinely confused that my mom let me wear pants. Um, yeah, and like these rules like scared me because I didn't understand them and these kids and parents like weren't living from a place of joy with these rules. Um, and so like now I understand that fasting has its place and the Latin mass has its place and all these things, but like I enjoy the mass in English and I like pants. So um, yeah, I just really had this like resentment and fear of the Catholic faith. And then I fast forward a little bit, got confirmed, didn't care. And then I went to all girls Catholic high school. Um, and I remember sitting in theology class, freshman, sophomore, junior year with this like internal countdown of like, I go to college in four years and then I never have to go to mass again. I'm gonna graduate in two years and then I'm never gonna have to go mass again. Like I had this, like, I'm never gonna have to go to mass again idea in my head and it excited me. Um, but sometime in my junior year, I also, I started going to youth group 
my freshman year of high school only because my friends were there and for no other reason. Um, so my junior year at youth group, there was this handful of women who had just graduated college and they came to volunteer at my youth group and they were just like young and fun and funny and they loved me for some reason and they loved the other kids at youth group. Um, and I thought that they were like the coolest people ever. And the reason I thought that they were the coolest people ever was because I thought that they had it all. And you have this thing you have where you're like, well, you can't have it all because nobody's perfect, but I'm gonna argue against it. Um, so I think that I was able to see very clearly that they were flawed human beings with imperfect lives. Like that was obvious. They were struggling to get through grad school. They were struggling to live with their parents. They were trying to pay off student loans. They hated their jobs. They were adjusting to like the working world. Um, and I saw all these things, but I still thought that they had it all. And the reason I thought that is because they had a relationship with Jesus. Um, Jesus, who is everything, Jesus, who is our all, um, they had him. So they did indeed have it all. Um, and I absolutely could not have articulated that to you all those years ago. Um, but I think it's really like comforting now to reflect on that and think that even though my life is in shambles. Um, like the Lord can give me everything I want and more, like everything. Um, and so I started to imitate these women in my life. And because they were imitating Christ, I was therefore imitating Christ by imitating them. Um, and the imitation of Christ leads to relationship with the Father, um, which is kind of like what I'm gonna spend the rest of my time talking about. Um, <laughs> In John 14, 7, it says, if you know me, then you will also know my father. So the imitation of Christ leads to relationship with the father. So a side note about me. I wanted to go to the Navy, the Naval Academy, join the Navy. That was my ultimate goal in life. And I was working hard to achieve it. And part of the application process is a physical test. And so I needed to train for this physical test. And I didn't have time because I went to school and then I went to golf practice and then I went to hockey practice and then I went to youth group. And so I decided that the absolute best time for me to train for this test was at 5 a.m. And so I, at this point, was like imitating these women. I was like, okay, maybe this Jesus thing is kind of cool, um, but I'm going to go to the Naval Academy. And so I got up and I trained at 5 a.m. because I'm a little crazy. And then I realized that I had completely overshot the amount of time that I needed to train. Um, and I like thought that I was gonna have all this time to like shower and eat breakfast and like I was gonna go back home after, but then I didn't want my parents questioning why I left at five in the morning. So I decided to just not go home. Um, and I was like, reflecting and like because of this period in my time of what like I was reflecting on and whatnot um the Holy Spirit reminded me that the convent by my house has mass at 6 30 in the morning um and so I went and I liked it um it was just like this natural organic next step in my relationship with the Lord um because it was just like once you're hanging out with a person like you encounter a person and you're like you're pretty cool the next natural like desire is to be their friend, is to have a relationship with them. Um, 
And so like that was my next desire was to go to mass and have a relationship with Jesus. Um, and it was just a way that I could choose for myself to love the Lord. Um, but yeah, so it's only an amount of time that I could have spent going to daily mass before I wanted a relationship with him in prayer. So I had this desire to pray and I didn't know what to do with it. But I remember that my parish has adoration from like for 24 hours from like Tuesday to Wednesday. And I went for like 20 minutes and my prayer was like, Jesus, help me on my test. And maybe I feel alone and okay, I'm bored now, bye. And like, that was what I repeated for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, but because I was going to daily mass, by the time the next week came, I was like, well, I'm ready for relationship again. So let's try it again. Um, and slowly over time, it became easier and it became more vulnerable and it became deeper and more honest. And I was going from like, I'm scared about my test, Lord, to like, I'm scared about my test because I think that I need to do well in order to achieve something so that I can be loved by someone. Um, and the thing is, when you do that for long enough, the Lord will speak back. And so he was excited to encounter me in love and say like, Aaron, you don't need to achieve anything because like, I love you and I created you and that's enough. Um, and so just over time, um, I eventually got to this place of, Lord, I'm going to give you an hour of my time every day. And mass counts as part of that time. So I was praying for 30 minutes every day, going to daily mass every day. Um, and it just kind of continued that way for months and months and months throughout my senior year of high school. Um, and then towards the end, um, like right after I graduated, I left the chapel one day after praying and I got in my car and I realized that I had prayed for an hour on accident and I had no idea what a holy hour was, but it gave me a lot of confidence to like look in towards myself and be like, I can do this. I can do this whole holiness thing on my own. Um, it wasn't on my own, it's with the Lord, but um, just all this confidence that like I can do it. Um, and so I've kind of just like, continued that habit of daily mass and prayer since then and only fallen deeper in love with the Lord since then. Um, and not to say that there were not times of hardship or doubt or failure because there absolutely was, but we don't have time for that right now. Um, yeah. And the reason that these habits continue is because it is my source of joy and confidence. Um, and like, I don't want to lose that. And so like, I still don't have it all together now. Um, I haven't eaten dinner yet tonight and I have an exam tomorrow I haven't studied for. Um, yeah, and my room is a mess. They can tell you about it. <laughs> um, but like, I am at peace and I could not be more at peace. Um, and it's because I have a relationship with Jesus. Um, and it's because I know that I'm loved because he tells me so um, in prayer. And like, I can now, heal in places that I never thought possible or even knew existed. I can learn about him and myself in the world beyond anything I thought feasible. Um, yeah, but one of the many things that I struggle with is that like, I think my testimony is kind of boring and it's kind of simple, oops. And like you go to these big conferences where people have these like wild conversion stories um, and my story just isn't like that. I was never, 
pulled out of deep sin all of a sudden. I can't tell you the exact time and place that I was like, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Um, and I can't even tell you when my first encounter with the Lord was, um, even though I've asked him to tell me. Um, and like, if that is your story, great, perfect. That's totally fine. Um, but mine isn't. And I think in comparison, it can be like small and pointless um, and seem like it has no need to be told. But there is a poem and it is titled, I Sing of a Maiden by Father John Duffy. And this poem is essentially Mary, the Virgin Mary, reflecting on the events of the angel Gabriel coming to her and telling her that she's going to be the mother of God um, the day after it happens. Like she wakes up in the morning the next day and is going through these events in her heart and praying about what it means. Um, and one of the lines towards the end says, nothing again would be casual and small. Um, nothing again would be casual and small. And Mary says this because she's aware that the Lord has come, that he's in her womb um, and that she now can have relationship with him. And because of that relationship, the world is saved and nothing again is meaningless. Like everything has meaning now. Um, and like, she's just gonna be a mom and she's just gonna raise a son. Like that's so generic, but this son is like everything to the world because he's gonna save us. Um, and she like reflects and ponders on these things in her heart because she knows that there is nothing like void of meaning in her son. Um, and so I too, like nothing that I do is casual or small. Um, everything that I do has meaning in this life and is leading me to the next. Um, and so because of that, I love my testimony and I think that it means everything to me. Um, it is my relationship with the Lord. And for that reason, I will not like be ashamed or think that it has nothing to do with anything. And so my question for you tonight is, does your story, um, does your relationship with Jesus mean everything to you? Thank you.